Today, Joe Biden visits Israel, and we still have no Speaker of the House as Jim Jordan fails for a second time to get the votes. We have got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and um, Joe Biden traveled to Israel today, promised to give away uh, buttloads more of our money and much, much more. And um, I want to welcome to the program to discuss Steve Dace, host of The Steve Dace Show, which you can find right here on Blaze TV. We're very happy that you're in town. Always happy to be here. Um, along with Jason Buttrell, chief researcher of the Glenn Beck program, who is actually wearing sleeves today. <laughs> Progress. And we appreciate it very Progress much. Progress has been made. Um, I think I will, I will thank the AC in the building and not any, like, any other decisions that you have made. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, so I want to, um, we've got a couple videos here of the Joe Biden visit to Israel um, that I want to, to get into with you guys. So let's first play Joe Biden meeting with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and other Israeli leaders and just, you know, telling them you're not alone. We, we stand with Israel. Here's some of that speech. Watch. Thank you, uh, Mr. Prime Minister. In the wake of Hamas's uh, appalling terrorist assaults, brutal, inhumane, uh, almost beyond belief what they did, this cabinet came together. And uh, standing strong, standing united, and, uh, and I want you to know you're not alone. You are not alone. As I emphasized earlier, we will continue to have Israel's back as you work to defend your people. We'll continue to work with you and partners across the region to prevent more tragedy to innocent civilians. 75 years ago, your founders declared that this nation would be one based, quote, based on freedom, justice, and peace. Based on freedom, justice, and peace. The United States yeah, stands with you. Reading it in defense of that freedom. On his paper. In pursuit of that justice and in support of that peace. Today, tomorrow, and always, we promise you. So I'm glad that you pointed that out, Jason, because um, those of you who are listening just on the audio podcast, he's got, a, he's got papers in front of him that I think that, what, 98% of what he's saying, he is just literally reading from the sheet of paper, um, which honestly his handlers probably just appreciate at this point. I don't think they want him going off script. Um, but, but while he was there in Tel Aviv, he also uh, announced $100 million in aid for Gaza that he says Israel uh, agreed to. Here is some of that announcement. Palestinian people are suffering greatly as well. We mourn the loss of innocent Palestinian lives like the entire world. I was outraged and saddened by the enormous loss of life yesterday in the hospital in Gaza. Based on the information we've seen to date, it appears the result of an errant rocket fired by a terrorist group in Gaza. The United States unequivocally stands for the protection of civilian life during conflict. And I grieve, I truly grieve for the families who were killed or wounded by this tragedy. The people of Gaza need food, water, medicine, shelter. Today, I asked the Israeli cabinet, who I met with for some time this morning, 
to agree to the delivery of life-saving humanitarian assistance to civilians in Gaza, based on the understanding that there will be inspections and that the aid should go to civilians, not to Hamas. Israel agreed the humanitarian assistance can begin to move from Egypt to Gaza. Let me be clear, if Hamas diverts or steals the assistance, they will have demonstrated once again that they have no concern for the welfare of the Palestinian people. And it will end. <clears throat> As a practical matter, it will, it will stop the international community from being able to provide this aid. Mm. Um, wow, that is quite the uh, example of leadership there. So I guess my question is, you know, we still have hostages that are there. If you're going to give away all of our money, which I don't agree with in the first place, but if you're going to do that, couldn't you at least, I don't know, maybe work on getting our hostages out while you're there? Seems like it should be a priority. And I think he only made a couple brief references to the hostages and otherwise just stayed completely uh, away from doing that at all. That's because the, the point of his appearance there uh, was to delay the Israeli ground invasion yes. into Gaza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why he's there. Yeah. Uh, and it's um, with the hopes of perhaps trying to talk down the severity of, of that ground invasion. Um, I mean, these are the same talking points we heard after 9-11, uh, the otherwise peaceful religion mm-hmm. uh, hijacked by a few crazies. Um, Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people, except for all the elections that its people have won mm-hmm. uh, from the Palestinian people right. um, since they've had, they were given uh, autonomy by the Israelis back in 2005. I mean, this entire thing is, um, it's just a crock. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's, there's nothing real there, nothing uh, sustainable there. Um, our enemies laughed throughout the entirety of that exchange. And, uh, and you know, you'll notice when you see, when you looked around that room, you know what you saw? Whether it was Biden or Netanyahu, everybody there is 80. <laughs> and, and there just comes a time, guys, I, I, and, and I sense it, you know, as a Gen Xer, I'm, I'm 50. And I've been talking a lot about this on my show, the dramatic need for generational change. No generation should hang on this long. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, 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 there's too much change that occurs. I mean, Jason, you were talking before we started here about AI and chat GPT and just how crazy and everything has become in just the last few years. The, it, you get married to paradigms. I, I sense it now that I just turned 50, this, this needing and desire to scream, get off my lawn when there's no <laughs> one on my lawn, just because it's fun, okay? <laughs> yes, okay? And, and, and there, there needs to be dramatic generational change throughout the world, throughout, the, throughout this country. People just married to talking points and paradigms. We could have taken that, that video and taken out his voice and said, these are quotes from George W. Bush post 9-11 and just, just you know, change out Palestinian for Islam. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, we're having a Palestinian Islamic caliphate mm-hmm. uh, riot in the Capitol Rotunda at the time that we are recording this, mm-hmm. okay? So, I mean, this, this is just all fake. It's just, it's just reruns. We've all seen these shows before. And, and, the, and, and all this was intended to do was, was, to, was to hope that by delaying the ground invasion, Jason, that the Israeli high command led by Netanyahu, which, who has talked a good game for many years, not that we have any leaders like that around here, who talk a good game in front of crowds but then don't deliver, that the hope would be by going there and delaying that another couple of days that they would lose their nerve to do what must be done. And I, I think that was the reason that the president went. Completely agree. I almost... 
go a little bit more conspiratorially and think that maybe the plan was not to pull the trigger and even have Biden go, uh, and maybe we just kind of hold that as a, as a card because what preceded this on Monday was an eight-hour meeting between Secretary of State Blinken and Netanyahu. Eight hours. You're, what are you talking about for eight hours unless you have a fundamental disagreement about mm -hmm. something? Right. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, I think it leaked during that meeting that, oh, he's, Blinken's going to have this huge announcement. He's just this big announcement. And we're like, oh, crap, what's going on? Is the ground invasion imminent? What's going on? Uh, no, we announced that President Biden was coming on Wednesday. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that you see them talking. They have their public uh, comments on this. Uh, which is we support Israel, you know, they have the right yep. to, blah, yep. blah, 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 blah. Check the box. Check yeah. the box. Yeah. But behind the scenes, you know that uh, Netanyahu didn't get along with Biden and Obama before. He, he knows what, they, what, the, what they're mm -hmm. all about. Behind the scenes, I guarantee you they hate each other. I think that Netanyahu told them to stuff it. I don't mm -hmm. think he's going to delay. It takes a while for shaping operations and troop movements to get everything in place to actually do this. And this is going to be catastrophic. It's yeah. going to be catastrophic. It's going to be catastrophic on the Israeli side, the IDF. That's a sniper's paradise in Gaza. It's going to suck. But Hezbollah is not going to sit on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. Iran with the IRGC is not going to sit on the sidelines. How far does this go? And make no mistake, the people that are actually behind this, the Ayatollahs in Iran, this is biblical mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. This is a holy war. Mm -hmm. the, the, they want to bring forth chaos, bring the 12th Imam, and hasten the end times. That's what they want. Yeah. That's what this is. This is not a humanitarian crisis for them. They don't. They could give a crap about the talking points. Of, well, I, they probably appreciate it because it goes in their favor. But that's not what they're about. Mm -hmm. This is biblical to them. Yeah. Very spiritual. Yeah. And I, I tell you what, the, the people of Gaza, I, I, no one knows what to do with them. No one even really knows how to talk about them. Because on one hand, I'm even conflicted. I'm like, well, my, I, I feel so bad for some of these kids. Like, what are they going to do? But then I know that you're talking about generational change. This generation has been, for generations, they have been moving lockstep mm -hmm. into one thing, and that's jihad. Yes. This goes all the way back to 1970 when the Palestinians went to Jordan. The Jordan, uh, the Jordan king said, yeah, come on in. We'll take you after, you know, they were kicked out of the West Bank. Mm -hmm. So come on in. What immediately happened? The Palestinians kicked to start a civil war in Jordan yep. mm -hmm. and tried to assassinate the king. Yep. Mm -hmm. So they sent them to Lebanon, mm -hmm. and right after that, a civil war started in Lebanon. Right. No one knows what to do with them. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Well, well, but then you have Nikki Haley, who, you know, we talked about this yesterday on the show, who comes out and she's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I want to accept all of them. Bring, bring all of them here to the United States. Like, the Arab nations won't even accept them. But you want to bring them in? So two things on that. Number one, there are five pillars of Islam that every Muslim must perform to even have a consideration for salvation. In Islam, you are never guaranteed salvation to Allah. Uh, there are hadiths, or and a lot of people think there's one hadith. There are multiple hadiths that both Sunnis and Shias have written for centuries. And in the hadiths are, is where you get the really, the, 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 there's plenty of violence in the Quran, but the really nasty stuff are in the hadiths. Mm -hmm. They're commentaries, basically. Uh, and it's in the hadiths that you are taught that the one way to be assured that you will gain Allah's favor is if you die in the cause of violent jihad. Every Muslim is called the jihad. It means inner struggle, uh, the inner struggle of the Muslim to spread the dominion of Islam. Uh, and so they are taught that this is the only way to guarantee that they will attain salvation from Allah. These are, these are things that I think a lot of Americans don't know and don't understand. And yet since 9-11, we've brought in 2.3 million people from countries dominated by Islamic worldviews. Mm. Now, 
I, I, let's do some math on that. Let's say we thoroughly vetted all these people. We didn't. Let, let's say we have a 99% hit rate. We don't. That's, 20, that's over 23,000 potential terrorists just all over the contiguous United States waiting to be activated. Let's say we have a 99.99% uh, hit rate. Um, that's, what, 2,300 of them. It was, what, 60? Or 20, I should say. 20 pulled off 9-11. The biggest attack on this homeland since Pearl Harbor. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to let more of these people in. I mean, I, and this is from the same woman who will go to the mattresses and to defend the borders of Ukraine. Um, it's, that's evil. That's immoral. Okay. And frankly, I don't care how many R's are after her name. It's traitorous, honestly, mm -hmm. to care more about the, the borders of Ukraine than the vetting, over, uh, uh, the vetting of who comes over your own. Yeah. Uh, Jason, to Steve's point, don't worry, because the United States under, Joe, of course, the Joe Biden regime, uh, they just hired a former spokeswoman for the Palestinian Liberation Organization to be put in the position to handle uh, asylum claims. So what could possibly go wrong? Unreal. Yeah. But it shows you. I, when did... When did a lef American leftists, when did they actually turn the tables on who Hamas really is? I, I, I'm just, it's so mm -hmm. baffling. Like, how can you seriously defend terrorists? Because that's what they are. They, they view know them, history. They view them as a destabilizing agent. The, the goal is the undermining of Western civilization. And, and so, you know, there's an old, there's an old uh, saying, you can't keep a scorpion for a pet. They, they view this as a pet, that they can just let it out mm. and, and, and let it be a destabilizing agent of Western civilization. But they have, because, the, because they don't understand a, a transcendent form of religion, they, they are a religion unto themselves, they're statists, secularists, Marxists, the, I, they, they, they don't understand that once this genie is let out of the bottle, that it will, once, it's, once they're done destabilizing us, they're all going to turn on them. I mean, you guys have all seen the, the you know, and our Alex Stein parried it the other day, the gaze for Palestine and all. I mean, that's the Hegelian dialectic made manifest, the, <laughs> the thesis and the antithesis, you know, uh, merging into one narrative. I mean, we played a video on my show the other day of, uh, of a, a woman who stands up at a rally, uh, an anti-Zionist rally. I'm a gay, bisexual woman, and I'm here with the Palestinians. And I dared her. I said, go to Amman, Jordan, or... Yeah, or yeah or go to Dubai, the two most secular cultures, if that's even possible, and, and within the Islamic world. And just in the middle of the day, march down the street and scream out, I'm a gay bisexual woman. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a dead woman yeah. is what you are. Yeah. But, 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 but ultimately, it, they're, it's, it, they're unified under one mission, the destabilization and eradication of Western civilization. Yeah. Um, Steve mentioned earlier, you know, these these. People are all old and, you know, somehow they just keep clinging to power. So I would be remiss, I think, if I didn't play Joe Biden um, in Israel earlier today and doing that thing where, you know, he just loses his train of thought and he just goes, well, anyway, and didn't actually tell the story that he was about to tell. Here's that. You know, uh, years ago, I asked the Secretary of State when he and I were working in the Senate to write something for him and said, uh, he wrote a line that... Uh, I think is appropriate. He said, uh, it's not, we lead, uh, not just, uh, well, I won't go into it. I'll wait later. <laughs> Taking too much time. <laughs> to your point, Steve, our enemies are just, they're just laughing. 
How can and why? I mean, why wouldn't they? In the 248 year history of this country, we have projected a lot of different images from the White House. We've projected strength, mm -hmm. bravery, corruption, cowardice. Um, this is the first time in our country's history that we have projected feebleness. Mm -hmm. it's, it's beyond weakness, meaning that it's, 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 not, in, it's not an intentional act. Right. It, it's, it's, it's automatic, it's feeble, it's, called, it's old age. It's what happens to you when you reach this age. Mm -hmm. You're not buying green bananas anymore and you go play pickleball with a colostomy bag. That's, we're all going to be there right. sooner than we want to admit. Everyone sitting at this table. Mm -hmm. It is not natural for one generation to hold on for this long. And, and that feebleness that we are projecting is, unfortunately, I think that it is very metaphorical for the state of the country. I mean, we, we have gone from a country of uh, the bald eagle as our national motto, our national uh, logo, uh, to uh, the bald fetterman. And these things are, are very analogous and metaphorical to what we are projecting right now as a people. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, all right, let's go ahead and we got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more, but we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. So if you are one of millions of Americans, you just live in pain and you think this is just my life now, um, don't do that. Try Relief Factor. Okay, it's an all-natural anti-inflammatory and it actually targets the root cause of your pain inside your body, which is, of course, the inflammation. That's what's causing your pain. So get rid of the inflammation and it really could be life-changing. Um, let me let me give you this statistic here. 70% of the people who order this three-week quick start that Relief Factor offers go on to keep ordering it. It's working for that many people. So the odds are in your favor. It could work for you and you could be out of pain. So look, I mean, 1995, okay, but within the three weeks, you're going to know if it works for you and uh, the odds are in your favor. So you can go to relieffactor.com, get that three-week quick start from 1995 over at relieffactor.com. Well, Jim Jordan failed to secure the necessary votes uh, for speakership after now 22 House Republicans voted against him during his second vote earlier today. So the House is going to recess until further notice to give Jordan an opportunity to, I guess, court these people. Um, so I want to play Jim Jordan being asked by reporters if he would agree to some sort of a resolution, because the talk is that, you know, the House GOP wants to empower the Speaker pro tem uh, with a little bit more authority. And Jim Jordan was asked about that today. Here's that exchange. What, what do you think of these calls us? to introduce a resolution to empower McHenry to be the speaker pro tem on a permanent basis? Would you support that? I don't think that's the right way to go. I think we should get a Republican speaker. Uh, I got 90% of the Republicans in the conference who supported me. Would that help buy you more time? No, I, I mean, I think we should get a Republican speaker. I've been very clear about that. I think that's where the conference is. That's what our rules suggest. So let's get a Republican speaker and get about the people's business. I what, if, what if it was on It's okay, though. There's nothing really major going on that we might need a leader in the House. That's fine. I don't believe he'll be speaker. And when I saw the amount of no votes yesterday, um, I just didn't want to, I, even I tire of telling people the truth sometimes. Even I have my limits of, um, even I get to a point, I really wish more people liked me. Even I get to that point. <laughs> really? It happens, I am human. Um, <laughs> But the hardest thing for these people to do was to vote no in public the first time. Yeah. Because they were hearing about it all weekend long mm -hmm. and everything else. 
So the hardest thing to do was to come out there the first time and reveal themselves. You have to understand the way the, the, way the Republican Party is structured, particularly in Washington, D.C., is with the intent, it's an incumbent protection racket, and the intent is for audiences like ours to never truly know how terrible the people they are voting into office really are, okay? Mm -hmm. And so everything is done to shield that. And, um, uh, and, and when I saw how many people, after all the calls they probably got and everything all weekend long, mm. when I saw all the, the amount of them that were willing to come out now and put their names on it. Right. And well, if that, that's, see, that's where the number begins then because it will only grow from there. And you saw that with the second vote today. In my home state, we have a Congresswoman named Marionette Miller Meeks. I've known this woman for nearly 20 years, okay? She's a horrible rhino. They, they tried to steal her seat from her uh, that she just won. And I would have people in my audience, and I wasn't, I, you know, I didn't say anything one way or the other, you know? And people finally got enough notes in my audience, guys, that I felt compelled like I had to tell my audience why I'd not stood. I said, because I've known this woman for 20 years. And, and I, I, I'm going to defend her as much as I know she will not defend us. Mm. So lo and behold, this afternoon, guess who added her name to the list that will only grow from here of people that will not vote for him? She did, okay? And this is one of the districts in our state that was turned red by Trump. This is a, a, an area with, that's a lot of rural voters that we have not been able to switch in the past. And in the Trump era, he helped us do that, okay? And so that area, very, very organized, very active, the Republican base is there. She doesn't mind defying them because, the, because you have to understand the Republican Party. The people that run the Republican Party ultimately would rather lose elections to Democrats than lose control of the party to people like us. And they're showing you that mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And more are going to show you. There are many more that want to vote against Jordan. They just couldn't stand out there the first time. It wasn't safe for them to do it. The list, I, I'm, I'm telling you, and sadly, it will only grow. You know, it really is frustrating, too, because you're, like, the initial thought process is, oh, well, we got to primary the hell out of these people. But then it's like, I actually don't think that, yeah, I don't think that's going to that. do anything. Our people right, don't show exactly. up, they don't care. Exactly right. Our, our, I'll just say it, our people kind of suck, <laughs> right? And I know it's not good for business to say it, so I'll just, so put it on me, I'll take the blame. Right. Everybody else here is great and loves you, okay? <laughs> it's all on my fault. Our people kind of suck. And they don't show up and they don't participate they don't. in these primaries. And, and, it's, and, and, the, and the, 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 the corporatist wing of the party, I don't even know what the establishment is anymore, but the corporatist wing of the party understands this and they just wait us out. Yes. And, that's what, and so that's what they did. Then they, they put 20 out there and, and that's, that's why the next day more, to, that's why Jordan doesn't, do we do this again tomorrow? Because tomorrow it'll be 30. Right. It'll only grow. It won't shrink. So, so then what ultimately, ha I, I, I want to get to you, Jason, I'm not ignoring uh, you, but, but to that point, so then what ultimately happens? I mean, the, who, who is going to be speaker then? Some rhino? You're, you're going to have to come up with a, con if you want one. I mean, you have, this is a house divided against itself. Right. And you know what, I would, you know what, this is where I, I want to get your take on this. I, I, for years, have described the Republican Party as not a big tent, but a big tarp. A tarp is a temporary structure that you roll out for protection or run under for protection, but it doesn't have stakes in the ground. So the center doesn't hold, right? So you roll out the tarp when the Rangers game gets, has rain to protect the infield, okay? But then you roll it out because it, it's not a permanent structure. And so non-communists run to the Republican Party to stop communists and the Democrats from, in the Democratic mm -hmm. Party from getting power. Mm -hmm. And then once they do, they all unite to get rid of the Democrats. But when it's time to govern, this party can't govern. 
There's too many factions that have irreconcilable views. Corporatist Republicans aren't communists, but they want a dramatically different political culture and country than we do. And, 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 that, and, and there's just too many worldviews. I don't believe that party can govern. I don't think it's capable. Yeah, I, I feel like they're just so comfortable in how far the Overton window has moved over to the left. And they're so comfortable with the status quo. That's what kills me about some of these people, some of these names that I'm seeing that are voting no. They're, they're, they're taking their mask off for yeah. you. Because what Jim Jordan, in my mind or in my view, stands for is trying to break that status quo. Mm -hmm. um, they're the ones, the, the no votes, they're the ones that are like, the way we've been doing the budget's fine. Yep. Is it? Yep. Because the debt's still going up. The deficit is going up. There is nothing that they're not even propose. They're not even trying to propose any way out of that whatsoever. Right. I mean, used to you could say the Republican Party was about you know cutting spending and cutting taxes. Well, now they'll campaign on cutting taxes, but you don't hear a damn thing about cutting spending. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Right. That is never, ever a, a part of what they propose. Yeah. So what they are saying is we want to keep it. We want to keep it. You know, in the downward spiral. That's right. the way we want to keep it. I'm just. Uh, I don't know. Like, right now, do, do we do we just say screw it? Fine, just keep the government shut down. Whatever, just don't do a damn thing. We're, we're better off the way it is now because maybe at least you can do a little less, you know, uh, damage. Mm -hmm. Or or what? I I, I don't want to compromise. We're trapped. This, I don't want to compromise. We're, we're we're in a position. We compromised for so many years, Jason. We told ourselves for so many years. Okay, that when the time came that it was actually true. I mean, what the hell would have been the difference if Mitt Romney had beaten Barack Obama? Tell me, uh, what would have been yeah, the difference? Yeah, people went to the people went to the went to the ends of the earth, sold their souls, gutted goats, and America was going to end if Willard isn't president. Okay, relationships were singed, bridges were burned. We did this for so many years that when the moment came that actually now. We are at that precipice that it is that important. We, we, people can't afford to, move, to sell their homes. They can't, young families like my daughters can't afford to go get a used car, even, though, even unless it's at least five years old because of how expensive things have gotten. I went and bought a buddy of mine breakfast at our hotel this morning. We got omelets and, a, and an orange juice. It was $60 before the tip. Okay, Gosh. I mean, we have to now we're at the election that we have to win or this may not turn back. Mm -hmm. But we, but we have compromised so many times that we're in this position now. We're surrounded by so many people who hate us and disagree with us that we're like, we can't afford for those people to, to lose and we can't afford for the for the Democrats to win. It's like we're in it. We are in a catch 22 with no way out. And so we just continue to circle the drain. Yeah. I agree. Go ahead, last word. Say, the, the, the mindset, the Republican mindset of you should, you should, we should fight these battles that we can win, I cannot stand that. Mm -hmm. I absolutely yeah. cannot stand that. That's like your Nikki Haley's yep. that will go soft yep. on abortion. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or, yep. I'm sorry to say, but President Trump, exactly the same. He's not an outsider anymore. Mm -hmm. You heard what his... That's why I said earlier, I don't know who the establishment is anymore. Right. We all hated Kevin McCarthy. He was only speaker because of Trump. Yeah. The story you had earlier about the woman that the Biden administration hired, she was originally hired by the Trump administration in 2019. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know who the establishment even is anymore. Everybody just throws that, that, that term around. I don't even know what it means, yeah. you know? It means status quo, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty much what it means. Keep it the way it is. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm depressed. How about you? <laughs> we got to take another break. Um, we'll be back with more. But we want to thank our sponsor, this segment, Neurohacker. So it's really important that, you know, you get older, you start to, I don't know, maybe invest in taking care of yourself physically and mentally so that you can 
age gracefully, but also feel better when you do. Your body is constantly making new cells, but the older cells, which are called senescent cells, tend to accumulate as you age, and they can lead to aches and pains, slow workout recoveries, and the sluggish mental and physical energy that we associate with that middle-aged feeling. But there is something that can help. Neurohacker packs seven of the most science-backed senolytic ingredients into one formula called Qualia Senolytic, and you can take it just two days a month for really fast, noticeable benefits for a much better aging process. So if you're in your late 20s or older, adding Qualia Senolytic to your diet can play a crucial role in combating negative aging symptoms. Come on, we all want to age gracefully and we all want to age uh, slower than we do. And you can do that by going to neurohacker.com news for up to 50% off Qualia Senolytic. And as a fan of the News & Why Matters, you can use code NEWS at checkout for an extra 15% off your first purchase. That is neurohacker.com news with code NEWS. All right, so according to the latest NPR PBS News Hour uh, poll, RFK Jr., is, as we have been talking about on this program, may draw more from Trump's pool of voters than Biden. So let's look at this head to head matchup. The poll found that Biden edges out Trump by just three points at 49 to 46 percent. In a three way contest, RFK Jr. would win the support of 16 percent of the registered voters surveyed. Biden loses uh, five points in that hypothetical, but his 44 percent of the vote dramatically surpasses Trump's 37 percent. Now, I, I want to be clear here because. I ha- have you had RFK on your show? No. Okay, you've talked about him. Yeah. Have you have you set have you given him credit for any positive contributions he's made? Because I have. And for like I'm just the curious. COVID stuff for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, like I, like last week, I posted a photo when when polls started showing RFK taking voters away from Trump. I mean, it was a lot of Trump's people that were promoting him. Right. A lot of his social media people were promoting him mm-hmm. as a presidential candidate right. or as a, as a running mate. Yes. Well, now he's running and he's taking pull. And so I, I, to troll them, I put out a picture from January of when we did the, the vaccine special with Jason Whitlock mm-hmm. in Nashville. And I met RFK, spent a day with him, fascinating figure. I mean, to hear him tell the story of the assassinations of his, his uncle and father from his own perspective mm-hmm. was really just stunning. But uh, I put that out there with the caption, Mr. President. And I mean, the, the Trump campaign ran with it like I had switched my endorsement. I've, I've never been able to get him on our show. I mean, we, we've tried. We tried several times during COVID to get yeah. him on. We, we got nowhere with getting yeah. him on. Yeah. Well, I had people um, come to me and say, well, you shouldn't even be giving him airtime. You can't. And it's like, I mean, the dude's running for president. I give Biden airtime. Mm-hmm. It's not I mean, I, 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 it's not like I'm endorsing him. I'm not saying go out and vote for him, but I want to give credit where credit is due. He's been tremendous at dismantling and spreading awareness to the medical industrial complex that's poisoning our children. I'm going to give him credit for that. Do I think he should be president? Absolutely not. Do I still think he's a crazy leftist? Absolutely, yes. So it's been fascinating to me to get criticism. So I was just wondering if you had experienced this. But um, so to your point, Steve, this poll is just another reminder, which RFK has said himself on a podcast. Yeah, actually, the yeah. polls say that I would take more Trump voters uh, away than Biden voters. I, one of the problems, I think, with the conservative base right now, I think a vast majority, maybe not majority, but a ton of them are not conservatives. So I didn't notice this. <laughs> I'm like, who is switching from the cons- supposed conservative party to right. go to RFK? Yeah. And I'm assuming 
they're factoring in that Trump might have picked up a few more of those independents. Mm -hmm. And so the independents that swung the election when he beat Clinton and when he lost to Biden, those I'm assuming that's what they're trying to factor in. Because I can see if you're an independent, you might go that direction. But RFKs, one of the I, one of the, the things that I absolutely hate is, especially in politics, is if someone has a single issue that you can agree with, then you're then you jump to that side. Mm -hmm. Are people that can easily switch sides based mm -hmm. off of a singular issue? Like, he's not a conservative. Mm. Um, what's that chick out of uh, Hawaii? Uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard, okay. So the same thing. Like, she yeah. can say some sane things, but she ran Bernie Sanders' campaign. Right. Mm -hmm. She's not a conservative. Right. She can say some th things you agree with. Sure, that's fine. But we shouldn't be, like, saying, hey, why don't you run for president? Because, no, yeah, you'd be great. What? No. She wouldn't be good even as a running mate or in the Republican Party. I will be fascinated to see what he does now that he is fully untethered from the Democratic Party. Mm. And he, now, now that he, you know, there, one of the reasons, one of the things that makes it hard, one thing I'm an expert on is getting my ass kicked by Donald Trump. I was a strategist <laughs> on the Ted Cruz campaign, so I know it well. Okay. And, and the reason why all the things he said about us hurt us and all the things he said about Biden didn't hurt him and all the, and all the nasty things Biden said about Trump hurt, didn't only hurt Trump and not Biden and all the nasty things we said about Trump only hurt us. The reason why is because within a primary structure, okay, when, it, when it's over, you still have to get the votes of the people who liked the other guy, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. The Democrats don't have to worry at all about getting a single Trump voter. Mm -hmm. They can say whatever they want about you and to you and don't care what you think. They know you're never voting for them. And so they're free to annihilate Trump in ways that if we had tried to do it on the Cruz campaign, there would have been a huge backlash against that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it works in the other way too. What will RFK Jr. do now that he has been, he's, I mean, he was excommunicated from his family years ago because of the anti-vax stuff, yeah. okay? Yeah. So now that he's, he's lost much of his family fortune, he's been excommunicated from his family, now he's going to leave the Democratic Party as a, as a political platform. And it, I mean, what I, I saw what he, what he tweeted out about the Second Amendment today, uh -huh. I don't believe he ever says anything like that if he truly is trying to gain relevance in the Democratic Party. Mm. So, so, so he has a, a level of freedom to articulate things now, the kind of sanity positions, okay, that you just described, I, I think very well, Jason. He has a freedom to articulate a level of sane positions, okay, mm. that when we were little kids, almost every Democrat had, all right? And, and now most of them don't anymore, okay? And that will be fascinating. It sounds dangerous. It does. Yeah. And I think what you're going to see happen is he has a unique issue base. On one hand, you have young uh, millennial progressives that are pissed at the Biden administration for not canceling all their student loan debt yet and want, and are, and want to move on. And even though he's a boomer too, he just, he's a lot more physically active, projects more youth than either Trump or Biden. And, and he's got a strong environmental record for them. Mm -hmm. And then on the right, people that are like, he was the sanest voice during COVID. Um, he was, I mean, he nailed Anthony Fauci. Mm -hmm. um, he has, I mean, he went to the border, did his own homework. And, and, and I could see, depending on who the Republicans nominate, will determine, because I, I, I think if, there, if you nominate Trump, then it'll be 60-40 he'll take from Trump because the messaging will be more prevalent on COVID and the mistakes Trump made during right. COVID, Operation Warp Speed, et cetera. 
And so that, that, that highlights that aspect of his coalition. If you nominate DeSantis, those issues go away. There's, there's not much of an audience on the right for, for RFK Jr. to communicate those issues. So he'll communicate more of the issues that are friendly to him on the left, yeah. that they didn't get rid of your student loan debt, that they, didn't, that they weren't strong enough on the environment, okay, and push this Green New Deal communism instead. That's his messaging. They push this Green New Deal communism instead of actually holding corporations accountable on the environment, mm-hmm. all right? And that will be very attractive to, uh, to a, and I could see it go now 60, 40, the other way, yeah. okay? I, I think what RFK Jr. does, or who he takes the most away from, depends on who Republicans nominate. But in any scenario, even if you nominated a DeSantis, I could see him get double digits. If you nominate a Trump, I could see him do better than Perot, which is 19. Mm. I mean, I, I could see him get into the 20s. The, the mystique of the Kennedy name, there's a lot of boomers like my mom, okay, who are not communists, Single mom at 15 hates Republicans because they think they, that, that they hate, they love corporations and, and never helped people like her, okay? But she's not a communist, think Biden's nuts. She thought Obama was a Marxist, okay? That the idea of a sane Democrat that's going to you know, give you the positions they had in 1986, okay? I, I, think, I think there's a lot of people that, would, that could nostalgically make that protest vote, a lot more than maybe people think. Yeah. The, the, the anger at the two parties and then just both of them just recycling aging boomers again. I, I, I think you were just begging for RFK Jr. to play spoiler in that scenario. Which is probably why he took those pictures with his shirt off. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and take another quick break. We'll be back with more, but we want to thank our sponsor, Texas Land Deal. So this is the best wholesale land value in the state of Texas. Never before offered prime Texas acreage. Saturday, October 21st, there is a new section grand opening of those prime Texas properties at wholesale prices. So you can get a brand new lake access barn dominium ready for your finishes on six plus acres for only $119.9. Three 10 acre Lakeview estates priced to sell in one day from only $49.9. There's limited availability on Saturday, October 21st. You could own, I don't know, two plus acres of direct dockable lakefront on a, a trophy bass lake for only $59.9. It's minutes to town for shopping and dining. Properties are serviced by gated entrance, paved roads, utilities, and high-speed internet to work from home. They've got a multi-million dollar clubhouse, equestrian center, and resort-style pool exclusively for owners. I was just driving in that area uh, for a speaking event, and it was beautiful. Like I'm, I, I want to participate in this. So don't miss out. It is Saturday, October 21st. It's coming up this weekend. Buy directly from the developer and save thousands. They are wholesale price to sell in one day. You can call 765-LAKE-NOW or go online at txlanddeal.com. That is txlanddeal.com. All right, we only have a couple minutes here. So Alec Baldwin uh, apparently could face new charges in connection to the fatal rush shooting about two years ago in New Mexico. The prosecutors are seeking to present new evidence to a grand jury. Um, and obviously, so the prosecutors previously, they had dropped their involuntary manslaughter case against him earlier this year. And now they say additional facts have come to light following an, an extensive investigation that they carried out in recent months, which I feel like probably should have taken place before the first charges were filed. The first one wasn't an extensive investigation. Right. <laughs> you hear those key words and you're like, but what were you doing the first time? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is fascinating to see them just not dropping this. Um, your thoughts, gentlemen. This has always kind of baffled me. Mm-hmm. I've worked on movie sets, yeah. and um, it's never been the responsibility of the actor right. uh, for these props. Uh, 
So it's the person that actually prepares it, signs off on it, and hands it over to the actor. Uh, like, what was a, a Bruce Lee's kid, Brennan Lee, died yeah. in a similar way. Yeah. I don't ever remember, you know, any of the actors getting, you know, landed charges for, for that. It, mm-hmm. it was an accident, but the person, I'm, I don't remember what happened, but I'm sure the person that actually prepared the weapons and signed off on it was the one that got in trouble. Right. So, I don't know, call me naive, but I saw a lot of people, even that I would consider, you know, like on, you know, a conservative side, that were really driving this home. And I just did not get it. So, and this is even more mysterious, because I, I don't know what else you could have found after the fact, unless... He was somehow in cahoots with right. the person that prepared the weapon. That's the only scenario I can see where this is a story. Well, I mean, he did also lie, right? He did that interview where he said, I didn't pull the trigger. I don't know how. He said it, he said it went off inadvertently. Right. I think what he said. And I wonder, I mean, obviously, I, I don't know. We don't know what these, what the extensive investigation was and the additional facts that have come to light. But... I mean, you do have to wonder if it's different than what you're talking about with Brandon Lee, that it was, you know, he wasn't supposed to be doing it, that it wasn't a real take. He, I don't know. Even, even if it was inadvertently, I mean, even if he lied about it and it wasn't inadvertent and he pulled the trigger as a joke or something like that, I mean, it's still not his responsibility, I don't think. I would Unless say, he's the one that put the live round in there himself. Yeah, oh. yeah. Well, and I would say, too, that even with what you're talking about, I feel like responsibility can still be shared here. I don't think that it would be solely his responsibility, but just as a gun owner, you never pull the trigger when you have not checked it yourself. For, for me, I just don't, I can't get past that. I wouldn't, I never in a million years pull the trigger, point a gun at someone and pull the trigger without actually have, having seen that it was, that it was not loaded. Yeah, this is a movie, though. I mean, he was supposed to use know, the same exact gun in the movie scene where he pulls the trigger. You know what I mean? I, just not thinking that. Thinking it's way. a prop? Yeah, right. I mean, I'm torn. I used to be business partners with his brother, Stephen, who's a great guy. Yeah. And I've always, Alec Baldwin will always have a soft spot in my, spot in my heart for sweaty balls. <laughs> you know? So there's a, there's a part of me that kind of agrees with what he's saying. Yeah. There's another part of me that's like, Wait, you mean somebody rich and famous might right. get held accountable exactly. for something for exactly. once? Exactly, yeah. Screw him. And I mean, yeah. you know, he... He would say the same thing about you if it was you in that in that position. Yeah. I, I, I won't pass judgment until we hear all, some of these extra facts. No, I'm just, passing judgment <laughs> right freaking now, Jason. Well, what I'm there is, there is <laughs> a judgment in why it matters. It's a new name of yes. the show. Yes. Right? yes. There is something. Like, like, we could find out. Maybe he put the round in. Maybe something right. else. I don't know. But typically the way this works, the actor is not held accountable. This is different. Right. I don't know why, and we'll find out. But... We'll see, I guess. And I can't freaking wait because I'm already passing judgment <laughs> now. Okay, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. I, do, I mean, I'm just like, screw these people. Is it possible? I don't want to play uh, this, apparently a French nun who took down an environmental protester who was trying to block the construction of a new church and is just glorious to watch. Nope, not today. Not today, Satan. (laughs) Wow. I'm in love. I love the dude that just starts like stomping on that. He's just letting her do her thing and he just keeps going. More of this. We need more of this. The only thing that bothers me is it was the nun. Again, 
I love groups yes. like mom. Where are the yes. men? Yes. Why wasn't the parish priest the one tackling that guy? Yeah. But there is a certain uh, spirit of St. Nicholas, the guy, the, the, the original origin of uh, Santa Claus is we, we first hear, one of the first things we hear about in St. Nicholas in, in history is that the Council of Nicaea, when Arius, the, the, the heretic, got up to speak, he was so incensed by, by the words of, and of blasphemy that he was speaking that St. Nicholas got up and jacked the dude right in the mouth at the Council of Nicaea <laughs> and had to be put like to cool off overnight in a, in a prison cell. Wow. In for, and overnight, like the Emperor Constantine had to come like talk him down in his cell. <laughs> I freaking love that guy. And so every Christmas I share this meme of the original St. Nicholas and, and it says, I came to punch heretics and to give presents and I'm all out of presents. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Um, well, we need more of that because those people are absolutely insufferable. Um, Steve Dace, obviously you guys know where to find him. Steve Dace Show, uh, Jason Buttrell, thank you guys. Thank you. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.